0: Welcome to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast with Alex McGrobs, international yoga teacher and sober coach. I broke up with Booze for Good in 2019, and now I'm here to help others do the same. You're not alone, and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Sober Yoga Girl. I am super excited to have Tosh with me here today. And Tash is a <laughs> sober flight attendant. She, I actually came across her on TikTok originally, has some really great TikTok videos, but also Instagram sober content. And so I'm super excited to, to meet you today because I've been following you for a while. So nice Thank to meet you. you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> and so you are in Oklahoma right now. Right now, yes. Is that, that's where you grew up?
1: Um, It's where I grew up. And then when I got, became a flight attendant, I lived in Chicago for almost four years. And then I actually recently just moved to Florida in August.
0: Okay. So been all just kind of
1: hopping. Yeah. All over the place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and do you, when you do flights, do you primarily do flights around North America or do you go all over the world? Like how does it work?
1: Yeah. I'd say it's mainly like in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for fun, like I'll travel internationally, but usually when I working wise, it's just in the state. So cool.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Maybe you can tell us a bit about yourself, like your hobbies, um, your interests, kind of whatever you want to share. Yeah,
1: <laughs> of course. Of course. So yeah, I'm a flight attendant. Honestly, that takes up a lot of my time, but I don't mind. Like I love traveling. I have always loved traveling. So Obviously, I do that a lot. I love meeting new people. Um, Hobby-wise, like, I love working out. Um, I actually do some yoga, which I need to learn more from you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I definitely want to get more into that. And... I love like dancing, like I grew up dancing and I think that's, that's like another reason why I love TikTok. Cause like you can just learn all those TikTok dances for fun and so I can fun. use it to like find, you know, sober community, other people, you know, like me. So that's really cool. And then I love music, like going to music festivals. I actually just went to my first sober music festival, oh, yeah, like a that. couple weeks. Yeah. And it was, so fun. So I'm excited to like start doing more of that too. So
0: yeah, I know the world is opening up.
1: Yes. I'm so
0: excited. (laughs) So normal. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So tell me a bit about your drinking. When did you start drinking?
1: Yeah. So I was actually considered like a late bloomer. Like I didn't start drinking until I was like 21. Um, and honestly, when I started when I was 21, I didn't even really like it that much. Like I didn't like the taste, like, you know, I was just kind of like, whatever about it. And then when I got to like 22 is kind of when I like, just, I was in college. So I did the whole, like, you know, college party scene and then on. What like I like to say it, I guess the best way to say it would be I basically just have brought college from when I'm twenty-two and just instead of stopping at college, I feel like I've just went <laughs> and like <laughs> drank until I was I've been a little over a year sober now. So until I was like
0: twenty-eight. Oh wow. So okay. yeah. <laughs> and how old are you now? 29? Twenty-nine? Twenty nine. Oh, yeah. we're the same age. Are you nineteen ninety two? Yes. Oh, amazing. What month are you born? February 6th. Okay, cool. I'm April. So you're a little bit older oh, than me. <laughs>
1: yeah. I know I'm a month older. Month
0: <laughs> and so you stopped drinking when you were 28. Yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. And so right around me too, I started, I stopped drinking when I was 27. So,
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome.
0: <laughs> and so you were drinking all through your twenties. Um, what made it escalate over time.
1: Yeah. So for me, it was, I was always like, you know, I'm a very happy person. Like, so majority of the time over the years, like I was always, you know, obviously just a really happy drunk. Like I love being social, all that stuff. Well, and I love being happy and a positive influence and stuff like that. Well, the negative about that was I would tend to, when I would go through things like hard times in life, like a breakup or family stuff or whatever I was going through, I would just kind of mask it with drinking. Mm -hmm. And like, so over the course of time, I, even in college, like I'm, I would like drink to cover up things. I mean, I was like drunk all the time. I literally went to class like drunk. So I really gave myself no time to process emotions, feelings, because I just didn't like not feeling good and like negative. So what would happen is over the years, I would have little angry outbursts, or I would just be rude to one of my best friends. Or I would, I mean, one time in college, I remember I like made a car full of my sorority sisters cry. But then it was college. So it was just kind of like, oh, whatever. Like, it was the weirdest thing. Like, it was just like, okay, yeah, you were drunk. And so that just kind of carried out throughout the years. Like it wasn't every time I drank, I would like flip that switch and just get like mad or like, um, have my angry outbursts or have emotional dumping on people. But when it did happen, it just got worse. And then when COVID happened, I feel like COVID just like with everybody else, elf (laughs) with everybody (laughs) else (laughs) and too much caffeine already. (laughs) Uh, with everybody else like you know mental health just it really hit hard and so um my angry outburst just kind of got worse and I you know like in the course of one month I got angry drunk at like two of my ex-best friends and like my ex-boyfriend and that's like what separated us in like one month um So, and, like, the last day I drank was July 4th, and I, I mean, that was probably, like, the worst, most embarrassing day. Like, I just got in a big drunk fight, like, with my ex-boyfriend in front of, like, a group of people at this July 4th party. And, like, and then I ended up driving away and, like, crashed his truck. And then that wasn't even the end of it. Like, I went back to his place, and, like, his friends were there, and then, you know, I like was acting so crazy that I ended up getting kicked out of the house because I was just being like so crazy. And so after that day, like I was kind of like, okay, Like, And then three weeks before that, you know, I I don't even remember what I said to like my ex-best friends, but it was enough for them to like, finally just be like, we're done. So in the course of one month, like losing those people and, you know, from my drinking, I just, and embarrassing myself, like, I just realized, okay, like, obviously something's got to happen. Something's got to change. Like, it's not okay. It's at the point where, you know, I'm starting to lose friends. And now looking back, I like, I'm like, Oh wow. Like maybe that's why some of those people I'm not as close to anymore was because of my drinking. Cause I would just like brush it aside. Like my little like tantrums or when I would get drunk or I would, you know, my ego would get in the way and be like, Oh, they deserve it or something like that. You know? So even though it wasn't all the time when it did happen, it it was enough at that point. It was just enough for me to be like, okay. I don't like waking up with shame and regret anymore. And I mean, that's one of the best parts about being sober is because like, I mean, you know, like, wow, I literally in this past year or so, you know, I haven't woken up like with shame or regret or guilt of like hurting people I care about. And that is probably, you know, one of the best parts. Yeah, it's one of the many amazing parts of being sober for sure. So
0: (laughs) Oh, I love the way you just phrase that. Like that just really made me smile. Like thinking about, oh. you know, waking, like, I'm like, when is the last time I woken up with like guilt or shame or regret over hurting someone? I couldn't tell you. And it used to be, and it wouldn't even be for me. Like sometimes you wouldn't even have guilt or shame. You would have like just anxiety, doom mm-hmm. thinking I would think that everyone hated me like every morning. Yes. Yeah, because I would, couldn't remember moments of the night and was like trying to piece them together. And then you just don't know what people remember, you know, and you have these moments where you think you're like best friends with someone, like you're screaming with someone that you're best friends over the music. And that's just like done in the morning, (laughs) you know, like it's like, who's that stranger? Like, (laughs) yes,
1: like that anxiety. And that was probably another thing is like, now I know when I do mess up, like, I can make amends for that right away or something, you know, that's the great part about, it's not like I'm suddenly perfect. I still have that anger in me, you know, but now I can definitely have a handle on it more instead of putting, you know, a liquid that will depress it in my body that makes it worse. So now it's like, even if I do, it doesn't get nearly as bad Mm -hmm. when I do get angry. And when I do maybe have like a little like, bratty moment or you know not the Mm -hmm. nicest like I can make amends for that right away and like right you know fix that for the future so yeah and that's another thing about the anxiety thing like waking up like you're like texting your friends also like oh did I do anything to like hurt you and they're like you know sometimes they're like yeah dude or other times they're like what like you're freaking out you're overthinking you're like yeah I don't miss that feeling at all like I love knowing when I wake up the next day being like cool all right. It
0: was a great night. <laughs> like- yeah, And you know, everything. That's the other thing is like, if you have, you know, you have moments where you get upset or get angry or whatever, but you know exactly what happened in what order, <laughs> you know? So exactly. it's like, it's like not a mystery of like what happened. Like you, you know, the story. And so it's easier to like problem solve and
1: apologize when we need to. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> okay. So you stopped drinking on July 4th. So well, mm-hmm. July 5th, the day after. Yeah. July so, 5th, yeah. <laughs> so what was that like? Like, how did you, what was your, what did your sober journey look like for you?
1: Yeah. So man, I mean, definitely the beginning was not easy. I mean, I feel like that's, you know, pretty common for all of us when yeah. you go from like drinking a lot to just like cutting it all out. So especially when you're drinking for your feelings, (laughs) suppressing things. Um, So that was not easy. So I actually had one sober friend at that time. Like I only knew one sober person who was completely sober. And so I reached out to her and I called her and I was just like, you know, I think it was like either July 5th or maybe it was within like two or three days um, since July 4th. And I was just like, I... I don't know what to do. Like, I need help, clearly. And the first thing she recommended to me was going to AA meetings. So that's what I started doing in the beginning. Um, And I went to meetings all the time. I would say that that was probably like my like saving grace in the beginning for sure. Uh, Meeting more sober people and having that community of people. And then I'm still a part of AA, but I would say I'd also at this point now, like I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um slowly over the the uh past year I would just I would start listening to podcasts, I would read a lot of quitlet books, um I would start meditating. That's when I actually got super into yoga and like meditation and stuff, cause mm-hmm. That, like, oh my gosh, like, just incorporating that into, like, my daily routine, routine, especially meditating, has been, like, for my anger, that has been, like, a saving grace for me. So, um, working out more, going on mental health walks, like, being, I don't know, there's something about going on a walk that just gets me hype now, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes when I would be so angry, I would go on my freaking walk. So I would just go on a walk and like for some reason I would, you know. And now because like of you know, doing all those things, it's made me more interested into like the science. Like, why am I like happier now? Or like why, you know, after being sober and cutting things out, why am I enjoying these things more and stuff? So that's why I got into like Whitlet and stuff like that. Cause I want to learn more about what exactly did alcohol do to my body, my brain, and everything? And yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I did that. Oh, social media, oh my gosh, I mean, hello, yeah, like here we are because of social media. <laughs> yeah. having like a sober community. I have more sober friends on social media as of now more in than real life. Like, Oh my gosh, it is this another saving grace. Like having this sober community, seeing all these young women. Cause I don't know about you, like getting sober, like in your twenties is not easy. It Mm -hmm. is not normal. It's not normalized at all. So having like, it's really hard to find that community of younger women, younger people who are also sober in person. So having that community on social media that has been like super helpful too. So
0: totally. And you know, when I, so I got sober with one year, no beer, um, which is Mm -hmm. amazing. I don't know if you've heard of that UK based organization. I haven't. They were great, but it was like, It was kind of like, I don't know, super masculine. It was run by two guys who are super cool, but everyone was like running a marathon and people, I was like one of the youngest people on it basically. And I Mm -hmm. didn't really know that sober Instagram like existed. I'm trying to think of how I found out about it. I might've been reading the unexpected joys of being sober. I came across this book and then I followed Uh Catherine Gray. And then all of a sudden it was like Millie Gooch and like all of these sober women were coming up and now it's my, my whole Instagram is just all these cool sober women. Mostly a lot of you guys are in North America. There are like some in Europe. I definitely know Mm -hmm. I'm like the only one in the middle East that I know of. (laughs) Wow.
1: Yeah. You're the only one out there too that I know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's because the culture We're just behind you guys, because the culture here, like alcohol is so forbidden to begin with that then to be talking about having a problem is like it's a little cutting edge <laughs> for this part of the world. Yeah. So I did feel very alone and and through finding all of you guys on social media, I just feel so connected and like part of something and and I have people that get me. So, yeah, sober social media is like amazing. A
1: lifesaver. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So is that since it is forbidden over there, is there like a drinking culture? Like would you say like I mean, I'm guessing it's more secretive if it is or <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay. So I moved to Kuwait um, first when I was 23 and in Kuwait, alcohol was completely illegal. So it was really like, I learned how to make wine. I was like, the people I connected Uh with were like my wine dealers. Like I would, I basically would go out with anyone that could like get me alcohol. You could get alcohol on embassy property. So like the American Uh embassy, the British embassy, the Australian embassy. So like, I'm, you know, dating people that have invites to these places. (laughs) Like. Um oh and that was that was my early 20s. It was like the weirdest time of my oh life. My and so gosh. that was two years. And then oh I was, of course, gosh. flying out. Um, so then I had a, a partner who I'm like, this is the episode where I'm going the most into this. So I love it. <laughs> this is why I'm a
1: flight attendant, like meeting people, hearing these stories. God, <laughs>
0: totally get it. So we started flying out to Abu Dhabi and Dubai, and here it's kind of like the what I've never been to Vegas, but I imagine it's the Vegas of the region and that people come here and just kind of have their wild sort of weekends type of thing. And so here it's alcohol is legal, but because part of the local culture, it's still like forbidden. It's there isn't like education and awareness and openness the way there is in North America around Mm -hmm. like AA is very secretive. Everything is super secretive. And so, as a result, I just find that the culture is like wild. Like, for me, it was like my personal paradise because it's there aren't any laws. So, you can start, you can buy tickets for an all you can drink brunch on the weekend that starts drinking at noon until midnight, all you can drink. And this is what we do every weekend. And so, it's like it gets really out of control for the expats. And so, I had come here. So, I decided to move here. And then I was just from one extreme to the next and just going so hard and, you know, when you, when everyone else is doing it, it becomes normal. And so I Mm -hmm. hit a point. I do think it accelerated me to sobriety much quicker. I do think if I had not had these extremes in my twenties, I would probably still be drinking, but I'm super grateful for it because it, it just like kickstarted, you know, the best part of my life. So.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I kind of, I can see like why, like how you said, like with the extremes, because even though I was like a late bloomer, I feel like I went really hard from like 22 to 28. And I'm kind of glad that I had like those, you know, episodes and like the really bad it was bad enough for me. Like my like rock bottom was bad enough for me where I'm like, I'm kind of happy that not happy, but you know, the, the things that happened were unfortunate and I, you know, it wasn't, I feel bad about it, but I'm kind of ha- like glad that I went through those really embarrassing times yeah. because then it just, it pushed me to make a change. Cause I don't like being, that person at all. Yes. So <laughs> totally. <laughs> kind and of thankful for those extremes, you know, not just like drinking and like, you know, life is okay type of thing and nothing happens, but like, you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> totally, totally. Mm-hmm. And I remember oh! in the early days oh. <laughs> <laughs> when I was part of one, you know, beer, a lot of people were commenting <laughs> on, you know, I would be posting and a lot of people were like, I wish I, you know, figured this out when I was your age. Like, I wish I, you know, a lot of people say, I wish I got sober younger. And so I do feel, I feel fortunate in that regard.
1: Absolutely. I'm thankful. Like now we have this whole, like we're still young
0: about
1: this whole lie like thirties, they always say are your
0: prime. So we're about to be
1: sober in our thirties. Like I'm ready.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about like, how did you start posting on Instagram and TikTok about your sober journey? Like, how did that begin?
1: Um, yeah, so I just, one thing about being sober is following like what feels right. And so I remember, you know, the first few months of sobriety were not easy and I don't know, I just felt the urge to, I remember I shared about being sober on my one month and then I had decided, you know, just to kind of also hold myself accountable But just to post like every month at least about, you know, being sober and like what it's done in my life because I've always, you know, grown up wanting to help people Mm -hmm. and something about my social media and my life is I when I was drinking, I always just wanted to come off as this perfect person, you know? And I feel like a lot of us do. And on our social media, it's our highlight reel. We're, like, these perfect people. Well, like, and deep down, I was, like, wanting to, like, there are times where, like, I, like, wanted to die. And, like, I feel like that's actually, you know, really common to, like, be unhappy and, like, you're posting about your perfect little life or, like, I'm a flight attendant and I have, like, these groups of friends and we're like doing all this stuff and like, life is great. And like, you know, during that time I was the most insecure person ever. I was so unhappy. Like that wasn't the case at all. I was just drinking all my feelings away and kind of just faking it. So whenever I got sober, I was like, I want to be real with people. Like I want to help people that are going through this too. Like you don't have to cover it up. And so that's one of the main reasons why i I started posting on social media was you know, if I show you know my vulnerability, my weaknesses, you know, have you heard of uh Breen Brown? yeah, love her yes. <laughs> so like listening to her TED talk and yeah. like um just listening to her speak, like on podcasts and stuff, like she talks about vulnerability and like how that's actually a strength. Mm-hmm. And so I just decided, like, I just felt right. Like I felt like God wanted me to use my social media as a platform for, you know, being sober and, and being raw and being real with people. And that's where I started posting. And I want to help other people get sober in their twenties too, because, you know, I've went to these meetings and like, I've met a lot of sober people. A lot of them are like older, you know, and it's hard to find younger people. I mean, we're still having difficulties with, we're having difficulties and we've Mm -hmm. been sober for like over, you know, around a year. So I feel like I'm comfortable enough to be really open and vulnerable with my life and just help other people who are around my age too, that are probably struggling with the same thing. And yeah. And, you know, I just feel, it just feels right. I feel led to be that person and I'll keep doing it. So. <laughs> so,
0: so brave of you too to start sharing that. And so early and so openly, like at the one month mark, that's huge. I know.
1: I look back and I don't even know. Like, I'm like, what? (laughs) Like (laughs) I'm sorry. Like my higher power is God. Cause like, I mean, I still get nervous, like sweaty hands sometimes before I post, but You know, there's, you know, I feel like I get butcher sayings, but something about, you know, whatever you're most fearful of is probably what is right. It's probably what you should do. Take that leap of faith. So anytime I have posted too, I feel like, you know, I've had people reach out and be like, thank you so much for being vulnerable and things like that. So when people, you know, reach out to me and say that I'm like, okay, I am doing the right thing. Like I am helping other people who may be struggling with their alcohol too. So it makes it worth it for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And you have like tons of followers on TikTok, right? Like I feel like it's in like the uh, tens or 20 thousands, maybe
1: around twenties. I think
0: that's huge. Something like that. <laughs> that's amazing. You yeah. clearly reach so many people and, and touch so many people. So
1: that's what I want to do. I don't want anybody to be sad or depressed. Cause I know what that's like. <laughs>
0: That's so amazing. And so you mentioned when we were chatting at the beginning about wanting to reach people in like the airline industry. Can you tell me more about that?
1: Yeah. So like in the airline industry, I mean, drinking like the alcohol culture is just, it's, I mean, in the airline industry, you know, it is a stressful job. You know, you're meeting hundreds of people throughout the day. I mean, and you're taking care of these people and all different types of people. So that can get stressful, you know, like people get anxious when they're coming to the airport and airplanes and like, you know, that anxiety doesn't always come off in the best way, you know, so that's a lot to take on all those emotions and of different energies of different people throughout the day. So of course that stresses us out. And so I mean, it could be like a Tuesday, and if we have like a 15-hour layover, 12, 13-hour layover, like, and we're in Nashville or something, and it's like 2 p.m. on a Tuesday, what is the crew going to want to do? They're going to want to go drink, you know, or at the end of a trip, like, we're tired, exhausted, mentally, emotionally, physically, so, you know, people want to drink their wine to relax, So, and then just being in the airline industry, I mean, you know, we're going to all these cool places. Like why, of course we want to go travel, explore places and have fun and party and whatnot. So, um, I'd say that's why, like for those reasons with stress and then just like all the traveling and stuff, like it just, you know, drinking culture is pretty big, um, with the airline industry. And I feel like, Honestly, when I became a flight attendant, my drinking and drug use like definitely just increased a lot. And so, you know, I would drink wine on the weekdays to relax. <laughs> and then on weekends, you know, I'd go party and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it's definitely, it's a lot of pressure with when it comes to drinking and it's kind of, it's hard, not kind of, it's hard to stay sober Um, so I definitely want to help other people. I've actually talked to, um, a senior flight attendant who is in, you know, helps out with, she's also sober and helps other people who want to get sober. So I've talked to her about, you know, helping any other flight attendants that want to get sober. And I've talked to, um, I've actually, last week like talked to a couple flight attendants who want to get sober too which is exciting That's and amazing. like yeah so that also like just makes it worth it like when i'm at yeah. work like i will still go out and still hang out with crew members and you know when people are ordering drinks i'm like oh yeah no i'm good and you know i'm super open at work about my sobriety too and i've had flight attendants you know open up to me about their relationship with alcohol so Yeah, I, you know, I just want to help a lot of flight attendants and even pilots or whoever, because I know how stressful, especially, I mean, I know, you know, I'm sure you heard about like all the COVID stuff and the masks and everything like, you know, it's kind of crazy out there. So if I can help people, you know, deal with that stress in a different way, that's what I want to do. So
0: (laughs) that's amazing. And, you know, as you're talking, it's interesting because I've just never thought about flight attendants in the same way, but, you know, like I've been an expat, I've been in the Middle East for seven years. Mm -hmm. I'm originally from Toronto. And so I've lived the same way of like, you know, being away from my family, you know, that stress of being like traveling, the being separated from people. And I never thought that you guys would have a similar kind of experience, but, you know, it was same with me, you know, like, as you said, drinking during the week to relax and then drinking on the weekends to party. And I see it and Mm -hmm. I saw it in my colleagues too. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that definitely adds up over time. So.
0: (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Well, I think it's so amazing what you're doing.
1: Thank you. And same to you. Same to you.
0: So I have one more question for you. If anyone came to you, if anyone wanted advice, who was curious about starting a sober journey or going alcohol free, what advice would you give them?
1: I'd say like kind of what I've told other people is just to take it one day at a time. I think that that is one of the most important because when I remember when I got sober, all I could think about was what of this and what of that or like, You know, I'm going to this this weekend, or I'm doing this. Like, how am I gonna, you know, (laughs) not drink? So, I'd say the first thing is just taking it one day at a time and just think about, you know, if you're getting triggered in that moment to take a drink, think ahead, think forward. Is that drink really gonna help? Are you gonna wake up tomorrow feeling better or actually worse? Yeah, it's gonna be a temporary fake, like, good feeling, but. It's only going to last, what, maybe an hour, a couple. And then after that, you're going to get drunk and then wake up and are you really going to feel better? No, that issue is probably still going to be there and you're going to feel worse. So I would say just taking it one day at a time. Just worry about not taking that first sip, that first drink. And if you are really triggered and you just feel like you can't even stop yourself from taking that one drink, reach out to somebody that's sober. Like anybody's ever told me that they want to get sober. I'm like, I don't care if it's like 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm a flight attendant. Sleep is not real. Like, like I, you can call me, text me whenever, like just reach out to somebody who is sober too, because they are the only people in that moment who will really like be able to understand and help you. So Yeah. Those would be like my two words of advice for somebody who's starting to get sober and then just following people on social media pod. Like I like to send my friends like podcasts, quitlets, just gaining knowledge about what alcohol is like doing to you and your brain, your body too. I feel like once you learn that, like even if you do drink again, you can't like get that out of your head, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's what I would say.
0: Oh, awesome. Well, it's great advice. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much, Tasha. It was honestly so nice to finally meet you and chat to you know. um, same, and get same. to know the person behind the TikToks. <laughs>
1: yes. yes. Hopefully one day we can meet. Maybe oh, I, can I would fly love out. that. That would be amazing. <laughs> you have a place I to stay. I have the perfect anytime. job to do that.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great day and uh, we'll speak soon. I'll see you soon.
1: Alrighty. Thank you for having me. I had a great time.
0: Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Sober Yoga Girl with Alex McRobbs. I am so, so grateful for every one of you. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next one and leave a review before you go. See you soon. Bye.